welcome to the Vibe with Vic podcast. I'm your host, Vic, and uh, welcome to the Vibe. Yes, I am souped up on Celsius. Please, can somebody please just give me a paid partnership? Just kidding. (laughs) Welcome, you guys. Guess what today is? Oh, the lucky number January 11th, which is 111, which is sun, moon, and the stars, you guys. We're over here with the portals. And you guys are getting this podcast today. You might not listen to it on one, until one twelve, but I'm hoping if you're into the manifestations and the intentions and the vision boards and all that jazz, that you have already done it because today is the perfect day to do it. And yes, I'm leaning all the way in. Everything is going right today. Okay. Guess what we got? We got the summer house preview. Are you sick? I'm so excited. (laughs) We're not going to get it until February of 2024, (laughs) but I am excited. Let me tell you something. It has been months and everybody's been on Lindsay's fucking side. And I'm telling you this, I want the truth to come out. And some of you are like, do you even know the truth? We don't know what the truth is. That's the problem. We don't know what the truth is. But we've been fed it since BravoCon. You know, she has, she's really good at what she does, you guys. She leans into her PR. She knows the ins and outs. She knows how to razz and daz the audience, the viewers and everything. She has everybody rallying for her. People think that Carl is trash. Listen, Carl is no saint. If you have watched him since season one, you know he's not a saint. And she is not a saint either. Both of them have their issues. But I'm getting really tired of everybody being like, oh my God, Lindsay's is so amazing. I can't believe he did this to her. No, 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 no. I need to see the edits. I need to see what they're going to get. I need to watch it myself before I formally take a side and I can't wait I can't wait until it happens so last week I gave you guys probably like almost a 90 minute episode I don't think that this episode's going to be 90 minutes I probably be close to an hour because I like to talk um but yeah I'm super excited it's Thursday. Y'all are getting the podcast early. I'm kind of just doing this thing where I record and just fucking post it. Why wait? Huh? Why wait till Friday? Y'all got things to do. Y'all got hockey games to go to, right? Y'all got children to take care of. So why not kind of just give you what you want early? <laughs> Souped up. Still see is. Peace out. Peace up. A town. Okay, I need to chill the fuck out. So yeah, uh, I don't have much. There's not much goss, you know. Nothing that I was like, oh my god. Well, the list came out for Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, the list came out. A couple of redacts, not even a couple, several redacts. And I think one of those redacts were probably Oprah. I think Oprah called the big kahunas and were like, bitch, if you don't take my name off of this shit, she ain't fooling nobody. Okay? She ain't fooling nobody. (laughs) She ain't fooling me. Uh, (laughs) But I wasn't really um, surprised with some of the names. I just wasn't. So that was something I hyped up and uh, the... Was the hype really that real? No. But we're just starting 2024, you guys. And let me tell you, hear me when I say the tea will continue to be coming in piping hot. There's going to be no warm tea. I don't know. Maybe sometimes I'll serve you up some lukewarm. (laughs) But normally I want to serve you up some hot piping tea. So it's January. Did I watch anything special this week? I did not. I watched everything that I needed to watch in order to get this to you. I didn't watch anything extra. Um, I did drop two new collections for (laughs) my uh, t-shirt and sweatshirt shop. And the shops are actually up on Facebook and on Instagram that you guys can purchase from there and directly. I know. 
It's exciting. I'm telling you, things are going right this week. Things are going right. Okay. So what do we have this week? Obviously, we have the Salt Lake Reunion. We have Beverly Deverly Hills. We have Miami. And then we obviously, I'm going to talk about Southern Charm. But by the time you guys get this, the reunion hasn't been filmed. Like, well, it's been filmed, but I haven't watched it yet. So I'm just going to kind of give you a little tidbits of what happened in the last episode, which wasn't much. It wasn't much. I think I might have to do a separate episode on the Southern Charm reunion. Or you guys can just check me out on TikTok because I love to talk about Taylor because I can't stand her. But yeah, all right, it's short and sweet today, kind of, kind of, uh, but yeah, let's get this ball rolling. I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come back, and we're going to roll with the first, first installment of the Housewife, come on. I don't know where this is going to land in the podcast episode, but it just dawned on me, like I'm over here, and I'm thinking about you know, doing all the things that I need to do to get this material out to you guys. And I thought about Potomac. Damn. You know what I mean? Like, I almost forgot about Potomac. I don't forget about it on TikTok, but I definitely forgot about it for my podcast. And let me tell you something, and it's not giving. Something needs to change for next season. These ladies are, they're divided, and they're not conquering anything at all. Anything that Karen is trying to do to keep them together is not working. We're not even concentrating on people's storylines like we should. We have Giselle over here. In the previews, it was talking about her and her daughters. We've seen maybe a half a scene with them. It's like it's giving nothing. It's giving friend of. It's giving get off my television set. But they will never allow Giselle to leave because she's an OG, right? If she has to go, then we're thinking about Karen because a lot of people think that Karen doesn't really have a storyline. And to be honest, she really doesn't. You know, not many of them really have a storyline anymore. The scandals and the rumors and stuff, like it's not working. They're so angry with each other. And Robin, when I tell you that Robin is fucking exhausting, I'm telling you she's exhausting. And the way that she disrespects other people, but doesn't expect it back. Now, listen, in the beginning, I wasn't really a Candace fan, right? She got on my nerves probably the first couple of seasons that she was on. But she reads people the filth, and I have really actually grown to, to really like her. I think she has a good outlook. I think she kept it real. Let's not forget, like, Robin the, basically fooled everybody didn't mention anything about her life last season and then come to find out she actually made money off of it on the Patreon from her podcast. If you are going to sit on your podcast and talk shit about your cast members, what makes you think that doesn't give them the right to talk shit about you? It's really weird to me how she gets so upset that Candace called her out on her shit. I mean, her best friend ain't going to call her out on her shit. I mean, her best friend basically told her, and that's Giselle, basically told her, like, hey, girl, you know, your husband's fraudulent. I just want to make sure you're okay. And she's, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, me and what? I wish she would wake the fuck up and realize that that man is no longer in love with her anymore. My microphone fell. I'm so sorry. Um, I wish she would just realize that. That man does not like her. He's not in love with her. There was a... um, a video, well, a clip from previous season when he was in the closet and he was like, I'm done with her. She heard that and she still remarried him. She's pathetic. I'm sorry. Like, I understand that it's very hard for people to leave because they're, they have children involved, but also there has to be an example for the children because if there's anybody who sees the disruptiveness of a relationship, it's children and her children are too grown. They're watching their fucking fraudulent father treat you like shit, which means they'll probably treat women like shit because that's the example that he's showing them. It's disgusting. And Robin needs to wake up. This man, this man needs Robin because everything that he's done and worked hard for. Now, let, okay, let's back up. 
we know that Robin feels bad because of something that happened in the past. Like she hired somebody to take care of their money. That person mishandled their money and stole from them. And then he took his own life. Okay, so she feels bad. Okay, go lay on somebody's fucking couch and talk about your shit and get the fuck over it. Okay, because this man is holding you hostage mentally and emotionally, which is leading you not to lead a life that you should be leading. You're opening up a spa. This man lost a coaching position because he allegedly took part in doing something to another athlete. And that's still an ongoing situation. He has no money coming in. He doesn't like the cameras. He doesn't want to film. And yet you're just allowing it to happen. Okay, Robin, if you want it to happen, okay, I guess we got to deal with it. But girl, wipe them tears. Stand in your business and just say, this is who I'm married to. And he is going to act the way that he acts. And this is how I roll in my family. And that's it. But she flip-flops, which confuses people all the time. It's sad to watch. It's really sad to watch. And Candace crying about her friendship with Robin because they were really truly friends. Well, dear Candace, you can't be friends with Robin the way that you want her to. Her loyalty lies with Giselle. Her loyalty lies with Giselle. That was never going to be a flourishing friendship. It couldn't. There's no fucking way. There's just no way. And Mia's loyalty lies with Robin and Giselle too. She don't know when she's fucking coming or going. Have we seen her new Boothang, she's obviously just trying to lean into somebody who has money. And you know what? Hey, go for it. If you need money, whatever. And don't even get me started on NECA. Because NECA's on this show to come after Wendy. And that's the only thing that she's on the show for. It's not about her wealth. It's not about her houses. It's not about her husband. And it's definitely not about her fertility. It's all about Wendy. I've never seen somebody so obsessed with another person that they come on the show to come after that person about cultural things that viewers, that majority of viewers don't necessarily understand. And people are starting to get exhausted of Wendy too. We want Wendy to pick a lane. We want her to pick a product. We want her to pick a, a passion project and go forth with it. And let's see her flourish. I like Wendy. I think when she gets really angry, she can read a person to filth the way that I want them to. She served up that filth to Giselle. Let's not forget about that. You know? Something needs to change, you guys. Something needs to change with these ladies. Because whatever we're getting served up right now, it ain't it. It is not it. And I don't want people to lose their job. I don't want Candace to lose her position on the show. But I think we have to be fair to the whole process. Do we just push these ladies to the, you know, ultimate girls trip? That should probably be the newest process of it. Hey, this ain't working no more. Let's push them to give them one more chance on ultimate girls trip to show their asses and then just like peace the fuck out, you know, and just have like a, a, a circle, like, to be like, okay, let's put their name in the hat and see if they want to go on another ultimate girls trip. And that's it. Charge it to the game. So I just, I needed to get that off my chest. Thank you so much for listening to that. I 100% appreciate it. Again, I don't know where this is going to end up in the in the episode. Probably in the mid. But I don't know. We will see. But thank you. Stay tuned. Listen, if any of you follow me on TikTok, then you kind of already like heard my recap on Beverly Hills. So I'm going to kind of start it off like I did on TikTok. Appreciate your marriage. I will. This episode of Beverly Hills really kind of like gave us a visual and explanation of why Kyle is acting the way that she is. They kind of um, were sp- I'm going to use the word sprinkle. I use the sprinkle, sprinkle theory with some other aspect of why Kyle's doing the things that she's doing. But the producers and the editors are sprinkling in, giving us little by little why Morgan's in her life, why her whole life has changed in like a heartbeat. And it's because the death of her best friend. Kyle is sad. 
Kyle really cannot explain and doesn't understand why her best friend is no longer with us. And she feels like she has to live a different way. Her whole life has changed. You know, there's always a theory out there that when you lose a parent or somebody close to you, the everything looks different. And I mean, there's like this theory, roads look different, grass looks different, everything around you looks different. And I think that is exactly what has happened to Kyle. She was like, my best friend took her life. And that was my confidant. And I don't know why she took her life. But she said, appreciate your marriage. And I feel like I'm failing her right now. No, Kyle. Kyle is not failing her best friend. Kyle is now realizing that she has done so much for her husband and his career and she's probably weighing the pros and cons of how many times he has supported her. Yeah, he has supported her through the housewives. He has supported her with all the parties that she has or whatever. But the one time he needed to support her, which was the celebration of a life event, he is not there. So it kind of goes to show with how long have they been separate? Because he decided to tend to his business, his business party, his meetings, his agendas. He decided not to come to the celebration of life for her best friend. I would think that he would put that shit to the side and he would actually say, you know what, Kyle, I'm going to be there for you. No matter what, even if Morgan's there, I'm going to be there for you. But as you guys see, Morgan and Mauricio have never been in the same room have never been in the same room. That says something too. That is something that just actually came to me. Oh my God, I'm so smart. Um, but you also hear Dorit say this. She's like, the last time that we were in France, I think it was France, London, somewhere, that was the last time that she saw Mauricio and Kyle together. Meanwhile, her fucking marriage is in flames. My God. Listen, PK looked really good. And uh, last night, not me thinking that I'm jumping his bones or anything. I don't mean that. But I'm saying whoever did the editing in the confessionals with the lighting and shit, they did a great job. Because I was like, damn, PK, your skin actually looks good. Damn, PK, you look like you laid off the Diet Coke over there. I was like, shit, you look like you've been on the treadmill and stuff like that, you know? But he was dropping bombs yesterday. He was basically saying the same thing we've all been saying about Dorit, or I would say 90% of us who are, you know, have have touched grass and realize how fucking crazy Dorita is with how she talks over people, how she's condescending with people and everything like that, that she can never be wrong. He said that. She can't even do that in the marriage. That's insane. That was like, I looked at that television so quickly, I screamed so loud. Let me tell you, not loud, loud, but like enough to be like, what? I heard it. And I do have a theory. My theory is... There was a home invasion. My theory, obviously there was one, but I think he staged it. I don't think she knew that he staged it. And I think he staged it because they are underwater with bills and stuff. And she has a problem with spending and he's probably asked her to get it under control and she doesn't. Yes, Dorit used to have a business and, you know, a lot of blinds are saying that her business has shut down, that... I don't even know. It's not like a foreclose, but she had to leave the clothes in the warehouse because she couldn't even pay. Like, that's wild, but we don't hear about that. We're just seeing the visuals. Like, people are saying, like, look at Dorit's hair. It is very hard to keep up with blonde, especially in Beverly Hills. So now she's like a, she's a brunette. She's going back to her roots. But there's also two sides of it. Like, PK is not fulfilling Dorit in the way that she needs to be fulfilled especially after like having the PTSD he's just like fuck it get over it you know he's not going to sit there and tell her I'm the one who staged the home invasion because if he does then she's probably going to say some shit on national television and it's really going to fuck some shit up so he's keeping that shit close to the chest PK's like I'm about to go to London I'm going across the pond I'll see you later 
Don't fucking call me. Don't text me. Don't nothing. I don't care, Dorit. We're in this because of you. I think they resent each other. I think they resent each other. And I don't think it's going to end well. I'm telling you, if Kyle and Mauricio get a divorce, which I think they will, Dorita and, and PK won't be that far behind. Uh, speaking of divorce and alimony, let's talk about um, Sutton. I don't give a fuck about her dating life, okay? Her storyline with her father really resonated with me um, because we found out at the celebration life. Actually, I think we found out when we first met Sutton that her dad committed suicide. And so... Um, with that being said, she was really going into that. And you get to peel back that fucking onion. And that is what I want from Sutton. I think she shares. I think she's fun. I appreciate it. I don't want to have anything to do with that dating life. She is taking in $300,000 a month from her ex-husband. And that doesn't include child support, you guys. If you add up $300,000 a month, she's that's three point six million dollars a year I think shit <laughs> you know if like there's a thing about alimony you know if you um you have to spend a certain amount a month to maintain it I learned that on TikTok and you also if you decide to get married again that alimony goes away she ain't gonna fuck up that money because that money's keeping that boutique open up and that's, you know, inspiring her to be a better person, you know, like, um, you know, find her, her why again for life besides her kids. So that's it for Sutton. Um, Anne Marie, fuck her. She just has nothing to give this season. She came on here, Kyle brought her on this show, and I hope. I don't know if Anne-Marie will actually show up for the reunion. That's how trashed she's gotten on all the socials. Nobody cares for her. She's one and done most definitely. If they bring her back for a second season, I don't know how. Nobody will be like, ah, I'm really interested. But did you know was Diana one and done? I think Diana was one and done too. Regardless of what we're really talking about here, I can't stand her. She triggered Crystal yesterday talking about eating disorder. Like, girl, read the fucking room. You didn't do your homework. Are you dumb, stupid, or fucking slow? I can't. Crystal's going to snap out on her, and I need Crystal to show the fuck up. She really wants to be like, ah, these ladies really want me to yell. Yes, I do. I need you to fucking yell. I need you to yell and let these bitches know that you're not the one. But you want to be that girl that's like, listen, I'm going to let it roll. And I love that about people who have that amount of emotional intelligence that they're just like, I really don't give a fuck. Like, I'm living my life. I'm trying to get there, you guys. I'm really trying to get there, personally. Okay, about 50% there. When I get to the 100%, you all will know, okay? <laughs> Not quite there yet. But Crystal's like that. And it's just like, but you need to speak up and say something when some of these ladies say something wrong, and she does. And I hope we see it in the upcoming episodes of that. Um, Erica had COVID, so it's not much with Erica with this episode. Um, Garcelle was talking to her kids about sex, and I'm like, they're already having sex. They're already doing it. So she's like, I just don't want any grandchildren. I don't. And I think, did I get through all the ladies? Shit, do I feel like I got through all the ladies? Why do I always forget that somebody... I think we did it. Kyle, Sutton, Erica, Dorit, Garcelle, Crystal. Yeah, I think that's all the ladies. All right. Well, that was a cute recap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Forgot one last thing. The fun Kyle, when they all went to try to celebrate that insufferable ass human being, eight, miss eight and a half. Yeah, out of 10. That was fun. You know, oh, yeah, that's right. If y'all don't think that Kyle has scissored with Morgan Wade, you got to be fucking kidding me. They've done something. They've done some things. Also, I'm so fucking tired of Teddy Mellencamp and Faye Resnick. Fucking fraudulent Faye. The morally corrupt Faye Resnick. Between the Kardashians 
And fucking Kyle Richards always trying to like plant her on these television shows. I'm exhausted. I can't stand her. I can't stand the sight of her. If you guys have ever watched anything with O.J. Simpson, you'll know how morally corrupt Faye Resnick is. And the fact that like Kris Jenner absolutely loves hanging out with her, it's weird. But you know what? There's a lot of layers to Hollywood, and we all know it because the shit's coming out. Because what? It's the age of Aquarius. Okay, we're not going to lean into that, okay? Um, so I'm going to take a break. And what am I going to talk about next? Mm, oh, Salt Lake City. Stay tuned. So here we are, the reunion we've all been waiting for. Salt Lake City. Okay. If I were to rate this reunion, I'm going to give it a solid seven. It didn't really clear the room for me. Because I fell asleep the last five minutes, but whatever. I think Monica came to play. I still don't think that she really gets to say much. Um, I think Whitney was almost getting to the point of actually telling Lisa how she doesn't fucking listen to people, how she talks over people. But it just doesn't resonate because Lisa doesn't listen. She just doesn't fucking listen. It's ridiculous. I think Monica lied a couple of times with how she uh, got on the show in the first place. Um, Listen, I'm going to need every housewife to really understand a couple of things. If you are really going to lie, please make sure there are no receipts. That means emails, text messages, recordings, anything that are are going to um, basically allow the viewers to see how you're lying. That that discredits you. I like Monica. I'm still on Monica's side because there's more things that are coming out about Heather, how Heather knew this. Why is the heat so much on Monica when it keeps, these things keep on coming out saying that there wasn't six, but there were five and that Heather knew all along that she was pretty much plain in our faces for the last couple of years. I mean, it's really looking like Heather's the fucking liar. It's really looking like Heather is the ringleader in all this, or she was playing through her hairstylist who still has a job today. Listen, I'm all about job security. But I don't know how you can be in an entertainment industry, be surrounded by stylist, um, hairstylist, um, nail techs, all that stuff. Like all the service workers that help you with your life and still trust them when they are basically lying to your face. Heather is choosy. Lisa is choosy. It's very choosy, choosy. And, you know, when I hear or Angie say that she's the pillar of the community, um, Angie, dear Angie, are we on the fourth season here? If you were the pillar of the community, why didn't they ask you to be the housewife on the first season? Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I didn't like Angie at first. She grew on me because I was just like, girl, but the way that, in this reunion that she still looks to the other ladies to be validated, it's making her look like she doesn't really have the backbone that she portrays herself to be. And I don't really like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to be validated if you really stand in your business, if you're still the pillar of the community, if you feel the need that Meredith was doing this, that, and the other to you and, um, and you, can back it up like I don't know do I this these things these secrets about her and her husband I don't fucking care I don't really care for her husband in the first place I mean that was a small amount of the season regardless it's just and then Meredith she's playing semantics you know Tanya loves herself so Meredith I always bring Tanya up in my podcast because we talk about this shit all the time she is a very, uh, she's a fan of Meredith. And let me tell you something. Besides the point, Meredith looks like she hasn't taken a fucking pill. And I'm telling you, this is the Meredith that I need to show up during 
the season because Meredith was drugged every single fucking episode. She has, she's a pill popping patty. Okay. I don't give a fuck. That ain't alcohol, honey. That is a, I don't know. What do they call those? A beta uh, pill where it kind of like blocks your emotions and your feelings. She was like, I was always going through something. And I'm glad Andy asked the question to her and she still played semantics. Like we know Meredith is very smart. We know that she's like has a JD so she can like, you know, read between the lines and, and be very strategic and shit like that. Like we get that. But girl, <laughs> You were plotting this season. Just stand in the business. Just take ownership over it. I don't know. Here's the thing. When we're watching the reunion, the reunion was taped like a month and a half, two months ago. And now all this shit has come out and now there's more shit coming out. So it's like, I wish the reunion was taped closer to the time of us seeing things so we can ask more questions. And get more answers. But hey, we're only one part in. We're not. <laughs> we got two more parts to go. Mary Crosby is going to show up. Mary Cosby. Mary Cosby is going to show up. I said Crosby. Uh, she's going to show up probably next episode. Um, and she's going to talk about all the people she hates and all the people she loves and how she's been blocked, this, that, that, and the other. I don't know what the future holds for Salt Lake City. I'm going to say that every single fucking pod episode until I have a little bit of a visual, until we capture everything we're capturing on Instagram, on TikTok, on maybe all the socials, unless we gather the evidence. And I want to see people basically turn their back on Heather. I want to see people be like, well, I don't think we can really trust Heather since kind of Heather was playing the victim for the last couple of years. Like there's just so much shit coming out. That maybe, just maybe, Monica will be on the next season of Salt Lake City. I don't see that really happening because of all the lies that I've been going on. But I don't know. There might be a chance. There might be a chance. All right, y'all. Stay tuned. I am going to come back and talk. um, Beverly Hills? No, no, no. I'm going to talk something. Stay tuned. Oh, Miami. (laughs) Who has watched this uh, new episode of Miami? Because, my God, I don't even know where to start. So many things are alarming. Last week, I mentioned how there is similarities between uh, Alexia and Teresa Judice, And she continues to show us that there is. Because the way that she doesn't allow other people to speak, doesn't allow them to fully get their thought through. She did it to Lisa this episode. She does it to Adriana. She does it to Julia. Like anybody. She just wants to be heard. Which leads me to believe that she probably doesn't get heard at home. I mean, it's always the loudest one in the group that sometimes you worry about. But she's looking very fraudulent. I just don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Alexia. I think sometimes she can be a girl's girl, but she can, her mind can never be changed and she doesn't want it to change. Once she doesn't like you, she doesn't like you. And I wish she would just admit it, you know, this whole thing with Marisol not liking Nicole, I think, and maybe this might be a hot take, that Marisol and Alexia are a little bit jealous of Nicole because Nicole just has, she has her career. Marisol had her career too. I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to take that from her. She had a great career. I forgot that she had a whole like patent group and stuff like that. I had to actually Google that. She's had her career. Alexia had her career too, but right now she's a kept woman. And it's just like, I don't know what they have against Nicole. I just feel like they just want to bring her down for no apparent reason. And it's getting fucking old. You know what I mean? Like, it's just getting old. What are we in? We're in the now, like, the sixth season, but they've been back for, you know, pre- previous to this season, two other seasons. It's it's like, move on from it. And I know they have, like, deep roots and, and past and stuff like that, but I felt for Nicole when she was crying. She's like, I don't need to be in your shitty friends. I'm trying to grow my family. Girl, we're rooting for you. We're rooting for you more than we're rooting for Alexia, who's trying to find a condo. 
you know, for her family. When her husband, who has a real estate license, can't pick up the phone and call some of his buddies and say, hey, I need a place to stay. Isn't it kind of weird that he's not doing that? That he's like, I got business. Alexia, you go find us a place to stay. And she's like, I most definitely will. I know exactly what our family needs. When you have a Nepal baby with you, I, you know, brain injury or not, hot take, the kid is spoiled and he has special like needs that he needs because of his brain injury. And I understand that. So you can't have a balcony. So why are we looking at the hundredth floor in Miami? And the lady was like, we don't even have the inventory. Okay. Then that's when you go back to your husband and you say, Hey, maybe we need to look at a house, you know, that's on the ground. There is this something, something don't smell right. Okay. The page paragraph line and word. <laughs> It's, it's not making sense, okay? And I got reading comprehension. I scored high. Reading comprehension? comprehension. Oh, wow. You guys are probably like, maybe not. 90 percentile, you guys, ACT, okay? A long time ago. Um, <laughs> but it just is not making sense. Um, he can't have a small room. He can't have a balcony. He can't have a tub. There's a lot of things that Frankie can't have, and he has to get used to a whole new place, and that is an obstacle that she has to deal with as a mother to a child who has a brain injury, and I'm not taking that away from her. Get a house. Get a fucking house. And if you can't get a house, what's really going on? And y'all don't, you're on television, but you don't want to talk about your messy shit, but you want to talk about Lisa's messy, messy um, shit that she's going through. She didn't like... Lisa speak. And I'm so glad that Lisa actually came to the realization that, yeah, she came from humble beginnings, but she got real lazy and she became a kept woman. And now she's back at square one. So that's cute. I'm glad she went to get her child a bank account. I would hope that her soon to be ex-husband opened up a bank account for his kids too. <laughs> okay. But it doesn't look like it, and we don't know. But, you know, again, she was not in charge of any of the bank accounts. So, listen, if she wants to open it, one up on her side and he wants to open one up on his side, I, I can't take away from that. I don't know how these situations go when you get divorced and you're co-parenting and finances are, like, split in half when it comes to the kids, like the five two nines and all that stuff like that it has to be a very interesting, um, transparent uh, discussion, depending on how emotions are running at the time. So, but then we have um, Adriana not trying to, you know, admit that she's done something. Honey, if you want to be messy, be messy. But they didn't even care. They're so exhausted of Adriana being messy. That's Marisol and Alexia. They're like, well, we're just still going to blame Nicole. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? It just doesn't. Which leads me to believe when they had, when Marisol had that guy come over to her house and he was saging her bedroom, like, is she really sad? Like they said, he said that the energy was negative in that small back room that she's like, I don't have anything to do. I mean, I kind of feel, I don't know why I have such a special place for Marisol now after ultimate girls trip but I do and it makes me wonder are you as happy as you seem like I think she's happy with Steve I think she loves having her bonus sons I love the fact that she gets along um with his baby mother or the mother of his kids and stuff like that I love that but I do kind of worry about how she sits in the back of her room in her house and it's just a sad energy because she's like, I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. Well, why don't you have anything to do, Marisol? Like, I understand that you are rich and wealthy. And that's the thing. Do people ever think about what happens if you become rich and wealthy? Like, what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to quit your job? That's what most people are like. I'm not going to work anymore. I'm not quite sure if I could not work anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not quite sure if I could be that girl. If I want a million dollars tomorrow or a good amount of money, more than a million, we hope. We hope, you guys, right? I don't think that I would quit my big girl job. I don't think I would quit any of my side hustles. I think I would just continue on. I might not do them as much. I don't know about, like, the sides and stuff. But, like, 
I just don't think I could just automatically quit. Yeah, I understand like traveling the world and doing all that stuff. But like hopping on a plane ain't the vibe sometimes. It is the vibe, right? Like we love it when we get a chance to do it. But sometimes you get exhausted and tired of doing the same thing. So you got to find different hobbies. There's a lot more to life out there than just working. And sometimes there's a lot more to life when you stop working and you travel. You got to find other hobbies. So I'm just saying, like, Marisol needs to find another hobby. That's why she drinks so damn much. That's why, I mean, y'all want to talk about Sutton and Beverly Hills. Let's talk about Marisol because her drinking has always been an issue, but it hasn't been on this season. And I think I'm actually pretty glad that they backed off of that because that storyline was getting tired. She likes to drink. Let her drink. Obviously, she doesn't have much to do during the day. Okay? (laughs) And she's very skinny. And she just likes not working out and some people working out is just not for them working out is just not for them and that's it um I'm loving Kiki again I know in the beginning of this season I was like gosh I'm so tired of Kiki whatever but the way that she does rally for the women the way that she has loyalty the way that she wants to understand every single situation possible um is very interesting and the sisterhood that she has with Gertie and I just I love that she's Haitian she's beautiful she's a model I'm glad that her story is developing I hope that she becomes more than a friend or maybe if she's comfortable being a friend of she will continue to be a friend I love this for her um you know things change I I am not the only person that feels that way when you are in the beginning of a season and how you feel about a housewife completely changes by the end of the season because that is how it evolves. So happy for that. Um, Larsa, I really find it hard to like this woman, this woman, because it's just the things that she does. First of all, We all know why I really can't stand her because it's the constant lies about the plastic surgery and how she obtained an ass. She thinks that we're supposed to believe that she did squats to get that ass. I've said it once. I'll continue to say it again. I don't fucking care, right? When Marisol shows Mama Elsa in the past and you see how Larsa's face was in the past compared to now, it is a... 180 and she was fine back in the day like maybe she wanted to get this that and the other but if you compare the fillers and the botox and how she's what she's done to her face i i'm not going to face shame anybody but because honestly i don't really give a fuck about her face that's just the change and the differences but i do have an issue with her talking about her daughter and how or like talking about her ex-husband and how they don't talk about um her daughter and the comfort like does he care that Marcus is is near your daughter and she's like why would we talk about that Larsa are you fucking dumb if you don't sit up there and have a conversation with your ex-husband about who's going to be around his child like this airheadedness that she loves to convey on television People think it's working for, she thinks it's working for her. It's not. It makes her look like a complete fucking idiot. And she do, she does it so well. She just does it so well. Like she was trying to convince us um, and try to put pressure on her daughter. Like, hey, make sure you tell everybody that Marcus is cool. Like he's the one for me. I need people to believe that he's my next person. I was like, girl, girl. I mean, we, we see right through this shit. She's sprung. She loves Marcus. I'm so glad that he realized that uh, he's privileged, that he grew up in a privileged-ass family. Your, your dad's Michael Jordan. He realizes that he's a fucking Nepo baby. He realizes that he was uh, on private jets and stuff. Larsa's like, my children. Like, the producer had to tell Larsa, your children are privileged. They fly private. And she's like, oh, I just want to knock her out. Get her the fuck off my television. I'm so tired of her. I'm so tired of her. (laughs) So this episode of Miami was, I mean, if I could rate it, maybe I should start rating. For 2024, maybe I should start rating the episodes because some episodes are really great and some episodes are really lame, right? 
So I would just rate this one um, a solid seven. It didn't, you know, push me over the edge and it definitely didn't like, it wasn't doing much, but it did a little. That's what I'm going to give it. So I'm going to give it a solid six and a half. I'm going to lay out a six and a half. And, and then we're going to continue to next week with Miami. I'm going to take a break and uh, let's see here. Let's discuss Southern Charm. Southern Charm. Obviously, when you hear this, the first part of the reunion has not been aired yet. Um, so I will definitely go over that next week. I know a week late and a dollar short, y'all. I don't know what to do. I wish Southern Charm wouldn't come on at eight o'clock because I'm spent by that time. And I used to wait for them, but I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that. I can tell you the season finale was, I don't think it was giving what it should give. I mean, finding out that JT is like five foot two and he gets on a chair and he's sitting up here trying to fight six foot five Austin, it's getting out of hand. Like, bro, we get it. Austin's over here. He doesn't even realize it. It finally clicks to him that JT's in love with Taylor. Taylor can do no wrong. We've all known as viewers that JT's in love with Taylor. Bible banging Betty. And she realizes it too, finally. You know, all she's looking for is an ally. This whole season, she's been looking for an ally, but she's never been able to take accountability for any of her actions. And she's about to be the most insufferable human being on the reunion. And there's no stopping her. There is no stopping her. From what I'm hearing, her mother's the same way. So she, it's through the bloodline. It's just through the bloodline. And, you know... I don't think looking back at this season, we all understand that the main storyline, pretty much the only storyline, I mean, we had a little sprinkle of Madison and her new husband and the life that they have, you know, the blended family that they now have and stuff like that. And we got a little glimpse of Vanita and her boyfriend. And we really didn't lean into Leva, which I'm okay with that because she has Southern hospitality and I'm just not sure. I think Leva gives us surface level. I don't think she wants to be a part of the mess. I don't think she wants to share her life with us like she did in the beginning. Um, and I think some of that came from behind the scenes. That's just, I'm assuming that's just the temperature that I kind of get. But she still wanted to be a part of Bravo. So she presented them with a, another opportunity, which is Southern Hospitality, la-di-da. And I, I don't think I'll ever talk about Southern Hospitality on here. It doesn't give enough for me to discuss episodes. I just know sometimes it's hot and spicy and it's okay to have in the background, right? But I also know Leva has a really good relationship with Olivia. So it was really good for her to be a part of this season um, for, to be a support system to or for Olivia. It is nice to see that after a whole season, because, you know, when Vanita, Vanita had issues with her and Madison kind of had a friendship break and she had issues with Olivia. It's nice to see that the girls were one on one this season, meaning that they all kind of were together uh, they stood up for each other. It was like a, a woman empowerment event on Southern Charm, and I love seeing it. Whereas the guys just kind of had a lot of issues, you know. The maturity factor that we saw this season is that the the guys have been on our television sets. I love saying television sets, even though it's like flat screens. <laughs> They've been with us for 10 years, and so we have seen them mature greatly we've seen you know Craig say you know Shep's over here yelling at me and I'm not even taking it I'm taking it with a grain because he's not upset with me he's upset with Austin you know it's it's crazy I think that Craig and Austin legitimately have a really good friendship I don't think Shep necessarily likes Austin and vice versa I think Sh Craig is the person that holds them together 
I think Shep has deep insecurity issues. It don't matter what that bank account looks like, you guys. Do you understand me? It does not matter how many zeros he has in that bank account. And he does have a lot. He comes from generational wealth. He is very insecure. He self-sabotages a lot. I just, I can't imagine women in Charleston still looking at Shep and being like, man, he is just so, he's, he's the person I want to be with. Knowing what you know about him on this television show. So if you want to bust your legs wide open for not a real one, because he will never commit to you, go forth. Go have uh, a, a little roll in the hay. He'll never get you off. He admits it. He's in it for himself. He's probably one of the most selfish human beings. Why would anybody literally want to sleep with him? There's, there's no point. He's just serving up a fallacy. And then you have Austin over here. He must serve it up nice in the bedroom because people continue to go back to him. Okay, so he gives something. But he's just as flighty and flaky as the next one. He's a person that his name will be Ghosting Gary. Because he's just an original fuckboy. He doesn't know when he's coming. He doesn't know when he's going. And this season, he was just playing mind games. Will he, in the reunion, actually you know, take any type of accountability for how he treated Olivia? For the things that he has done with Taylor? probably not. They probably got on the phone and they were like, Hey, we need to get our story straight before we go like on this reunion because they're going to ask us a lot of questions and they probably still won't get it right. Two most selfish human beings. So I don't know. I'm excited to watch the first part of the season. I want Olivia to tear Taylor apart. I want everybody to ta to, to tear Taylor apart. Is that mean girl behavior? I don't think so. She fucking deserves it. She makes Bible bangers look bad. She really does. I mean, this girl puts her hand on that Bible and she lies every chance that she can get. She's one of those people that I just, you can't trust her as far as you can see her. Because she is a user. And she is an abuser of friendship she don't know when she's coming or going. She tries to be a hoe. She could never be a hoe. She could never. Okay. Hoes wouldn't even allow her into the community. I just can't. I'm just not here for it. So, okay. I've taken up a lot of your guys' time. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the vibe. Okay. Vibe tribe. I will talk to you next week and we will be talking about reunions, part two of Salt Lake City, part two of Southern Charm, or actually part one of Southern Charm. Oh my God. And we will continue to talk about Beverly Hills, Miami, and you know, Beverly Hills is going to be um, filming the reunion soon. So <laughs> that's coming up. So, okay, Vibe Tribe, y'all take care now this weekend. And hey, if you're a first time listener or you're a continued listener and you haven't given me a rating, go ahead. Slap a five star on there. Okay. Say some nice, kind words for me. I appreciate it. All right. Until next time, stay classy. <laughs> Thank you.